0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are live for the February 9th edition of the HSP, the Hughes Sports Podcast. Now, you may be looking at me and being like, wow, Jake's really big on the screen right now. And that's true, because normally I am hosting next to my old man. However, he had obligations that he could not uh, swap out because apparently they're more important than the podcast. So today I have brought with me a gentleman named DJ and Cam. Uh, who are lifelong Canucks and/or Lions fans, and we're gonna have a jitty chat about the news over the last week because you know there's nothing ever exciting going on in the Vancouver Canucks world. How are you guys doing?
1: I'm doing great. It's been uh, it's a joy and a pleasure. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm quite excited to see uh, what uh, what we can talk about today.
2: Yeah, I'm doing great here as well. I appreciate you having me on, and excited uh excited to be here longtime listener every episode so far and I appreciate uh, that very much I uh you know the old man couldn't make it so he had to have two people to fill his shoes so cool yeah, he's, we got, can he's, fill a, in. he's
0: a very boisterous very <laughs> loud human being so I need to make sure that um that we had you guys I had at least two people on to change it sorry I'm in the middle of trying to figure something out and I can't just for everyone who is watching below me is cam cam say hello Hello? Cross for me is DJ. DJ Sale. Hello. Perfect. Now you guys know sort of their voices. You can uh, chat with us. If you are watching live, please do drop a comment in. We will get to your guys' comments uh, as we can uh, going through the show today. Um, big thing if you are watching or listening, please subscribe. Please hit the like button. Please leave a comment. Anything really helps. Um, It seems silly, but the Google algorithm, Apple, they all love it when we get those thumbs ups and the stars and um, tell us what we're doing wrong. Uh, We also recently just launched. um, This has been in the works for a little while. Um, Where did I see it? I had it here. No, I don't have it. Oh, there it is. HughesSports.ca. So every week I will be posting a Jake's Take on everything Um, I see, and just commenting on things. Um, The Old Man will release his Old Man's Weekly Wisdom. Wisdom of the Week or Weekly Wisdom? One of the two, every week as well, where he'll rant and rave about being uh, crazy old guys. So please do check that site out. Um, I'll post a link uh, with the video or the podcast if you guys are listening. Um, First things first, we did a Twitter poll this week. When did I post that? February 5th. So four days ago. Um... I'm going to pose the, twit, the Twitter question exactly how I did to the, the fans, uh, so we can discuss. Um, sounds like Bo Bo Horvat signed a long-term deal with the New York Islanders. Eight by eight is what I'm hearing. We now know it's actually eight and a half by eight. So, Canucks fans, would you prefer Bo Horvat or JT Miller for eight by eight starting next year? The answer, the options I gave were Bo Horvat, JT Miller, or neither for that price. DJ, let's start with you on this one.
2: I I honestly Bo Horvat's the captain of the team. I I would have, if I could have just Bo or JT and have traded the other one, I would have gone with Bo Horvat. I would have taken him. He he plays center. He actively plays center. JT Miller has moved to the Wayne very often, and that's where he's played his best hockey. Um it's really easy to play really good hockey besides somebody like Elias Pettersson, which is where he spent a lot of his time. Um and i know there's a lot of issues with with jt miller's attitude which some some good some bad some i agree with some i don't i don't think it's necessarily bad that he gets angry i don't think it's necessarily bad when he's yelling bombs when he's dropped when he's coming off the <laughs> ice and uh i mean you, you you just have to go back and you look at a few years ago nathan mckinnon was screaming at jared bednar telling him to do his job that's all he has to do is do his job and uh, that seems to work out for them. So I don't I don't think those outbursts from time to time are the main difference maker, but I think Bo Harvat kind of brought a calm and presence to the team. So if I had to pick one, Bo. Fair. And Cam?
1: I would agree. Same sort of thing, being a captain of the team, being the leader of the team. I I vividly remember when they traded him that uh, when we drafted him, like when the trade was announced, it was like when we drafted him, I remember them saying, he's will be the next Canucks captain. Like it was pretty much written in stone that he was the leader of the team. He was going to be a guy who put the franchise on his back. And I'm not going to lie, like in those playoff series that he was scoring big goals, like against St. Louis, where he's scoring those breakaway goals to give us like the advantage or just in in games in general, just the face off dot. Like I just remember with Malhotra here, he turned into such a, a face-off like god and like he is one of the best face-off men's men in the league and being a center which i know a lot of people say well it's easier to maybe find a lot of centers or whatnot but he was just a good center and a good leader of the team and just I, I The one caveat, though, is I do kind of agree not for that much. Like, yes, this is a career year, and I know the management probably was looking at getting him a very reasonable deal, and he's kind of like, nah, hold my beer. I'm going to show you what I'm really worth, and he went out and proved it. But the problem is they'd already made their bed with Miller, which – uh, I remember when we signed him, I wasn't super excited for the money and term, but I knew he was a core part of the team. And it's just, it's disappointing to have to let our captain go in order to fulfill that and keep him around.
0: Yeah. I definitely don't disagree with either of you. I do find JT Miller does have that competitive edge. Yes. That he might be able, if if given the leadership opportunity with now there being a giant hole from Bo Horvat, because like you said, Cam, he was groomed, by the Sedins basically as soon as he started there to be the next captain. Uh, Um, I do believe JT Miller has that presence that can. And with Rick Tockett being the coach, a a very similar player uh, uh, to JT Miller, fiery, never, never say die, but occasionally, you know, snapping sticks on the bench, maybe Bednar can, or not Bednar. Wow. um, (laughs) Tockett can bring it out um, of JT Miller. So the poll on, Twitter, who do you think won? I know, uh, did you already said you looked at it. Cam, who okay. do you think won that poll?
1: Won the trade, you mean?
0: No, so who do you think, wh- which option do you think oh. won the poll? Oh,
1: of, of those three options? Ooh. Yeah. I would honestly, I'd say Bo, so. Uh, wow. It was a tie.
0: It was a tie. We only had, uh, we had 26 votes on it. Okay. Uh, it was a tie at 42.3% for JT Miller and neither for that price. Bo only got 15.4% of the vote, which is kind of shocking to me because I thought there would be more Canucks fans reading on Twitter. Um, But it might also be a lot more just hockey fans, uh, people who don't have the connection to Bo that the Canucks do.
1: And I could see for eight and a half for eight, I could see that being a big deterrent for any like non-Canucks fan to see that like, Ooh, Bo's not worth that, which fair Mm -hmm. enough.
0: Well, and big thing right now is that we don't, there's no cap certainty for next year. There's True. all sorts of rumors. There's all, all sorts of innuendo and talk, but we don't know what the cap looks like next year. The PA just hired a gentleman. Uh, they poached him from the Biden administration, um, which was kind of shocking. Um, but he is the new executive for the PA. And it'll be interesting to see if he pushes to get more money for uh, in the cap. I mean, the explosion of, of revenue since COVID um, I think should be almost paid back to the league based off of very smart people. Cause I'm not that smart to figure out uh, the arbitration payments and everything like that. But in an ideal world, the cap goes up only 2 million or in non ideal world, in a world where the cap only goes up by $2 million. Yeah. Okay. That eight eight and a half is a, is a big contract to steal. But if the cap goes up ten million dollars, right? I mean, it's expected to go up, up to, to over ten up to ten million dollars over the next three to five years.
1: It's expected a total of ten million dollars. A total of ten over the three, million. three, yeah, three yeah, four years. Right
0: yeah. now, right now, what is the cap? Does anyone have that number? Hang uh
2: The cap is eighty one. No, that was couple of years 80, ago. Eighty-two five. Eighty-two
0: five, yeah. Eighty-two million five hundred thousand. So mm-hmm. if you're looking at a contract that that in three years with five years left on the contract at 31, thirty one thirty thirty one for Bo Horvat, that's not that's less than ten percent of your cap. Yeah,
2: very true. That's
0: what mm-hmm. uh math is hard for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um what eight and, six, and a half to eight, eight yeah.
1: To ninety-three you mean roughly?
0: yeah nine yeah nine uh, about nine yeah, percent of your cap yeah
1: eight eight nine percent sure
0: for someone who yeah. has uh, has the can play center and is very, very good at it has been for years mm-hmm. showed over the last few years that he can score and the very limited playoff experience he has, um especially in the bubble proved he can score he can he can do it. So is that an okay contract? Is that a contract we look back at in three years, four years when the cap's gone up that Hey, look we we did a really good. They did a really good job in, in on the islands, right? Like Lou Lamoriello knocked it out of the park. So mm-hmm. it's it's very early to tell, um, especially with these types of contracts.
1: The pick and is now, where everything changes for that draft for the trade. Yeah, exactly. And
2: they are. Relatively... I want to know what
1: you. Oh, go ahead, Deej.
2: I was going to say the the Islanders are relatively an old team too, though, so they have a lot of contracts aging out. Um, mm-hmm. which is both good and bad in, in this circumstance because when you look at a team like the Islanders and this contract for Bo, they're gonna be paying him eight point five coming up. And he's gonna be making that for his 34, 35, 36 year old season. Yeah. But a lot of those other guys that are currently signed are gonna be gone. So they don't they like won't have Anders Lee at that point. And if they do, it's for a lot less than the seven million he's making. They're not gonna have yeah. Um like Matt Martin. I know he's only one point five, but like they got a lot of really old players on that team that, it's, that's is Brock Nelson on, a little so. bit older too. Brock Nelson is thirty one as opposed to Bo's 30, Oh, okay. I didn't realize so. he was much younger. Yeah. What about Barzell?
0: How similar are Barzell? Because I
2: think Barzell's a couple years younger than Bo? Yeah. Barzell is twenty five years old. Yeah. And so he's two years younger than Bo, and he's making nine point one five. So six hundred so much and- money but this is the thing though our eight-year contracts start in next year right yeah barzell and Bo will be together And that's
1: the thing. They've been looking for a running mate with Barzell for years. Like they, they can't find anyone to catch up with him. Like I know a lot of people are like Barzell is a bust. Why are they paying him so much money? It's because the man drives the play for the Islanders. I'm not even an Islanders fan. I just, I've seen and heard like he's basically the offense for them. So they needed to keep him around and he just has no one to like, keep up with him. Like if he makes a break out of the zone, like he's just so fast, but no one is really with him. So he's in the offensive zone kind of by himself. So if Bo can kind of keep up with him, like they might have a little, even though they both play center, like on a power play or something, the two of them kind of working together well, might and be a thing.
0: Even still, even though they both play center, they've been playing together uh, the which first two games, yeah. and yeah. including yeah. the, the uh, third game here with uh, against the Canucks. That's going on right now. At the end of the second, it is four to two or four in, to three in, for the Islanders. Oh, in, for, including, including a goal for Bowie Horvath, which. Oh. Good for him. Assisted.
2: Assisted by none other than Barzell, actually. Who also. Barzell breaking down the wing and passing back to Horvat. So, there you go. No, I think we're talking about.
0: I think the biggest thing for these guys right now is to build chemistry with each other for Barzell and Horvat. And honestly, like, it sucks to see Bo Horvat go. I hope, and it's going to suck for our draft pick that we get or potentially could get uh, from the Islanders. I hope they go on a run. Yeah. I'd love for Bo to go turn this team because this team they weren't scoring like at all the Islanders weren't scoring. Um, and now, I mean, they've scored two goals a game.
1: <laughs>
0: at least two goals a yep. game since Bo has been back. exactly. So or since Bo uh, moved there. so um speaking of that trade, we posted a poll on Facebook quite a while ago, january thirty first. Um, it was just after the Bohorvet trade. And how are you feeling about it? Options I gave were we won the trade, we lost the trade, and too early to tell. Um, I think we've already kind of discussed our feelings on this. Um, what do you think won the poll? DJ, did you see this one?
2: Uh, no, I did not.
0: All right, DJ, let's see which one you think won the poll.
2: I think the poll is probably we won the trade.
0: And Cam, what are, what are you thinking?
1: I honestly I think the Islanders won the trade, but that's cuz I'm a Bow fan. So
0: So n- neither of you are correct with what won. The too early to <laughs> tell is what won by a landslide. Um I don't yeah. know how many votes 20, uh, 15 votes, 86% said it's too early to tell. And I mean, Cam you you mentioned it, the biggest part that's a question mark is the is the draft pick. What is that draft pick going to be? Yeah. Um cuz there's all even... sorts of interesting things that could happen with that
1: pick well it's not even just what is it going to be where is it and then who do we decide to pick because i for the for years we've we've heard about how the canuck scouts which we've lost a few good ones over the years always fight with management on who's the right player and it sucks to hear that when the scouts are picking sometimes they pick some really good players a la petterson but Uh, We are so hit and miss on our, like our cabinet of draft picks and like potential players. It's just, it's scary to know that that could be a really good pick that we just don't pick well. So, uh, frightening, (laughs) always frightening. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's a fun with draft picks though. I mean, especially this, if, if we get it with this draft, fun, fun with draft picks. We don't have, the big thing is we don't, Canucks fans can breathe. We don't have Benning. We don't have a general manager who's going to lock in, who's going to lock into a player because he had a very good World Juniors. You <coughs> at that guy, you love you. Like, don't get me wrong, you love he could have been a great player. Could he have wasn't. been. He shouldn't have been drafted where he was drafted. No, I think if you I redo don't. that draft, I think he falls to the third, third or fourth
1: rounds. Uh, yeah. And like, as I honestly, I hope the guy, the kid can actually develop and be like a serviceable player in the NHL. Like no knocks against agent. him. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, just like waiting and waiting for something like, I'm not going to lie as a Canucks fan for so many years, I feel, which is, it's really hard to say like the passing of Luke Bourdain ever since then, we have not been good at draft picks and like he i think would have been that keystone defenseman that we would have had a big strong body and like since he that happened and like he did like in the few games he played you're like oh you saw we had something special and since then i don't know just things have just flipped for whatever reason like we haven't been getting good draft picks for the most part again we have developed some really good Patterson,
0: players and yeah uh, hughes even better. Uh, like, yeah. See that's my problem with Besser nah, um, okay. is <laughs> did we move Besser up to the main roster, like up to what I would call the main roster, up to the 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 Canucks too early? Did he need more time to marinate? Sure, yeah, he came in, good. he came in flying like his first year. Let's I'm gonna look up his stats, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, he came in fantastic. And what has he done since? Right, like. That first year, 26-17, nine games played only, five points. Not too too bad. Uh, four of those were goals.
1: Which is what we need, always. 17-18, yeah.
0: played 62 games, 29 goals, 29
2: 26 goals. assists. To be That's fair, just, I, I, I still think Brock Besser would have won Rookie of the Year that year. I think he would have <laughs> won the Calder. And then, the only reason he didn't is you said 62 games he missed out the last i think it was the last 20 i don't think he missed any before maybe he missed one or two and it was an 18 game injury but he got checked uh by i want to say it was like matt dumba but i could be way off on that but he got checked by somebody into the gate as it was open and he hurt his back and he missed the rest of the year he ended the year with 29 goals and i think if he had hit 35 yeah 40 he would have he would have won calder and then at that point it's like it's it's hard to say hey this guy who won rookie of the year we brought him up too early but at the same time i don't know if it's just injuries after injury after injury or if it's just something that something else maybe maybe he would have been like he could have just been better the following year if they just let him play another year with the ahl team but there's definitely something to be said about he he did have a great rookie here but I'm, I don't remember well, who he played with that year and that's also a huge part of it.
1: Well yeah, I well, mean health that's... health has been his big problem. Like as skilled and as talented as he's been, like it you can tell even in some games where he comes back from injury, he's like laboring or he's not as strong as he could be and like I'm not going to lie hearing all this stuff about the medical staff with the Canucks it's like are they rushing him back before he's fully healthy and like having mm-hmm. worked in junior hockey in those situations, you know players definitely want to like get back in the game and it's part of the duty as the medical staff to make sure they're okay like my big thing was concussions like guys would try to cheat the system and like i learned a lot of tricks on how to like really cheat them or like check them for like how good they are because there are a lot of ways to do it but do people are they really diligent and especially at the pros being a junior like trainer it was definitely different because those are younger guys you have a little bit more authority whereas like in the pros they're making millions of dollars. There's a GM that's pressuring you. There's a coach that's pressuring you. I need my best guy. So it's, you wonder.
0: But isn't that what the medical staff should be doing, is pushing back to those guys and being like, look, we can have him come back, but he's not 100%.
1: But the thing is though they probably do and then the GM or coach just says I don't care I need him now. It's like is he good I'd rather have him at 50 or like 50% than you us waiting another 2 or 3 weeks when we're in a playoff run to get him back to 80 or 90. And it's like and the, the player always wants to go back. And then that's, a, that's a something else. If the player doesn't, then it's kind of like, are they really hurt? Do they really care? Do they want to be here? Like, there's so many other team dynamics that go along with that. So, like, as the medical staff, it's always, you kind of are just of an advisor. Like, you really are a very informed advisor. And at the end of the day, the player makes the decision and the coach and the management make the ultimate decisions as to let him go. But as a... As like a trainer, you definitely could be like, I fully believe this guy should not be playing. He is at a bigger risk to be done for longer, or get more hurt, or not even be worth the money you're paying him, kind of thing. And if that were to happen, it's kind of like, like that. The other thing is like, I I knew the Canucks trainer uh, Bernstein for so many years, and he, like he was, he he had a bit of like gravita to him. Like he, even though he was a super nice dude, like you knew that if he said something, people would listen. And since he's yeah. left. I don't know if like the players trust the same trainer or they say like, okay, this guy has made too many mistakes. Whereas like sure, if Bernstein made a mistake or two, he had a long list of like being right, like most of the time. But like you can't be perfect, right? Because guys will hide things, they'll change your diagnosis. So it's, it's one of those things where maybe the new staff is it doesn't have that sort of like trust that the players need to have. And it's kind of affected them since then.
0: Fair, fair. I'm um, going back to Brock Besser a little bit here. He's yet to play a full season. He's yet to play 80 yeah. games right? uh, in a mm-hmm. full season. And talking about the the injury issues, I mean, we know um, Quinn Hughes talked about uh, Pearson's what should have been a what, should have been, what, a four-week injury is now he's out for the season. He got yeah. his injury back in December. Was it November or December?
2: November. I want to
0: yeah. say. November. He, yeah. he was supposed to be back in the like, early new year. And he's now out for the season. He's had to have multiple surgeries. Um, but this is it. like
1: misdiagnosed from like a year or two ago, right, as well? Exactly. Like this isn't like a, a current thing, so. Yeah, it's
0: something so that's it's been had... bugging him. And then they took us, he got a surgery. And now all reports, uh, Dolly Wall, Rick Dollywall on Sakaris and Price uh, mentioned that uh, he saw him with a, I can't remember what they called it, but basically it's an IV that he walks around with that's connected to a pump. That's pumping IV antibiotics. Oh,
1: shit. oh my! Like that's so, so. I feel so bad for. Yeah. Him.
0: And is it? Like, don't get me wrong. I understand. The medical team might have screwed up diagnosing it, and it got worse, and that's why they had to do surgery. Sure. But how much you want to bet? Like, we all know these guys are super competitive. Like. Oh yeah. What is it? Zero Zero point zero five percent of all hockey players in Canada in the world make it to the NHL. Mm-hmm. Very even yeah. less of that have a career as long as uh, Tanner Pearson is, even though I'm not a huge fan of him. He's an NHLer through and through.
1: Oh, he has a talent for sure. Yeah.
0: Do, did he try to push himself to come back too early? Did he start sweating? Like, you know what I mean? It's so easy for these the the this the talent, the skaters to be like, well, no, I can't just be sitting around. I need to be doing something. As soon as you start sweating in that, it gets
2: infected.
0: Mm-hmm. It.
2: It's also, it's very easy to to kind of like, it feels fine right now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's, this isn't the case. He didn't break his hand, but let's look at just a very simple case of like, you break your hand, you know, it's broken, Like you can feel it. You cast it, you, you move on when it comes out of the cast. It probably takes a couple of days to, to get feel like start to feel normal. But as soon as it feels normal, like you want to be out there, you want to be holding that stick. You want to be taking those shots. You want to be like, doing whatever but alls it takes if if you don't actually give it the full time alls it takes is is uh one one player coming up and stick tapping you honestly like you're, you're stick handling is the hand comes up it hits your hand and now it's like it's bad again but you feel good but even though the medical staff is like you need to sit for another week man.
1: like Well, the other thing is like, you. this is like, if it was an injury from, let's say a couple of years ago, where like the team was still like really close and it's like you want to be helping the boys, you want to be helping the team, you don't want to be sitting out, you want to be like helping the success and like sitting on the sideline is kind of like itching at you. So you definitely want to get back in. It could be a combination of that or like. Like you go through a lot of different tests like showing that you can stick handle but maybe like all of it's painful but you're sitting there i can do it but like it's like a six or a seven on the pain scale but you're like just give me like tylenol just give me the cocktail or give me the shot whatever it is and i can get through the games but like secretly it is kind of festering or it is still open or broken or whatever it is because like yeah blood flow once you get the blood moving it technically is supposed to help but if it's like as you say like whether it's like a broken open wound or like a broken bone it's like if it's not getting the rest it needs and it's constantly getting hit like even as you said like if it's kind of like a fracture and it's he's getting tapped in the stick and it's going up his hand and it's like ah okay whatever and he can't do what he can do it's like what do you do right like he's still a like a, a high priced player on a team that he needs to be contributing and he wants to earn his pay you'd hope. And it looked like he was wanting to do that. And it's just, it sucks to see that that's kind of where it ended up where it's like, whatever it was, whether it be medical staff mistake, he pushing himself too hard, a combination of two management involved, tinkering, whatever it was like, it just sucks to see a player be removed. And then players going, this should never have happened. Cause then, you know, trust yeah. is crum- crumbling in the dressing room.
0: Well, and like, like, Hughes isn't one to speak out. He's not a JT Miller or a, I'm trying to think of someone, a Matt Dumba who will say things that's on, on his mind to to make a point. Exactly. For Hughes to say, have to say something or want to say something, or maybe he didn't even mean to say it. It just was the first thing that came out of his mouth. Yeah. What like that shows a guy who's signed here relatively long term. I believe another five years, six years, five years. Um, had, how much faith does he have in the organ, the not say Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alveen, but the actual structure of the medical staff and maybe the, you know what I mean? Like if he's questioning everything, why couldn't he be questioning, or if he's questioning the medical team, why can't he be questioning everything else?
2: Yeah. It's, it's four years after this year, Um, just on 20 years. Um, That being said, that that's totally fair. Like when you have your star players, um, like no no disrespect to somebody like some some fourth line grinder that's that's out there grinding away. If it if it comes from them, I, I think it's less of a story. Like when Quinn Hughes is coming out, he's signed long term with your team. He's your number one D man, and he's gonna be your number one D man until he leaves or he retires. And um, I, obviously, the last couple of years, maybe not. But like he's gonna be your number one D man for a long time and if he's openly speaking out against your medical staff and and there's a lot of cases in the past where like this has happened and then like we were just talking about with Bester you look back at the injuries and when he comes back and he came back and then his wound opened up at the beginning of this year and he had to take more time off like it's 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 a lot of these situations and it, some some onus has to fall onto the players but Dependent on the severity of it, you have to, like, your medical staff has to pull, um, has to be able to have the capability to pull players and just tell players no, um, yeah. even even as much as you want. Like my big one that I think about anytime I think about this, and this this falls into the NFL, so it's not. I was just thinking that topic. too. Is it uh, Robert Griffin the third?
1: That or Tua uh, this year yeah. with the, oh, the God. back-to-back. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie being a tra- like a ex- trainer and watching that first hit and knowing he came back a week later I was like what are they doing and then he got another concussion I was like I saw this coming like I couldn't believe it
0: yeah and that that's and- the thing is the fans watching like I don't watch the NFL all that much I keep trying to get into it but it's hard because the, the hockey season is started that's mm. what i'm gonna be watching um mm. but the he got hit they called it a back injury
1: yeah, already. The medical it's staff diagnosed.
0: call it a back injury, not a neck or spine, in, or a, a, a or concussion. concussion. Yeah. How? How? Sorry. In what world can the NFL or the NFLPA or any association step in and be like, no? Mm-mm.
1: The most powerful sports league in the world. Let's like honestly, like the way that they are run, it is more of a yeah. business than a league, and oh, like they've
2: organization. Said,
1: and they have so many checks and balances and to like here after the investigation of like the independent neurologist allowed him to go back in the game and then he's kind of like well whatever like it just again like paraphrasing but it very much seemed like a well whatever and it's like i remember again in my university years if i had an independent doctor in the stands like i this is the big thing because concussions are always a big deal because obviously we're learning more and more of the long-term effects of like cte and brain injuries in contact sports but i remember like i had a doctor for a study he quite literally was telling me like every hit almost was like a pull the player out of the game and i'm like if you do this like i understand like be safe and like we're doing this for like a study but it very much was like any sort of like high impact that didn't really like even involve the head more just like two guys body checking really hard he's like pull the player out of the game and i had one of my doctors say that's a hockey hit like i'm sorry like it's not a like a head-on-head hit and it's like you can't if you do that you will pull Like, every player from the team, because everyone will get in a collision like that at some point. And then, like, some of them, they were, like, legit. And it's, like, I will never forget when I had to test a player literally five minutes after a pretty big hit. Like, one of the players on the bench, I'm doing, like, the memory test. And he's, like, I'm not concussed. I can't even do this. And the other dude, he was a very smart dude wanting to be a doctor. Like, quick. Like, he was quick. Five minutes during the intermission, the doctor went and double-checked him. His brain turned to goo. So five minutes of adrenaline gone. He couldn't remember anything thing and it's the same sort of thing with like athletes it's like you see a big hit in the nfl maybe two or they tested him right away and like he his adrenaline was still pumping and he seemed okay but later on in the day it's like like, or not even like five, 10 minutes later, maybe he wasn't the person he needed to be. And throughout the week, they should have monitored it. But it's just like the same sort of thing with like hockey hits and injuries. It's like, they need to have that sort of like medical, like pull the player out from like an injury, like they are like a hit, big hit, because it can be kind of obvious when a guy goes back in the game and he's not right. And he's not who he needs mm-hmm. to be. And like, that's a danger to himself and others, right? So why would we put them in those positions? Well,
0: I'm talking about... Some injured players moving on to the latest one who just started skating again. Thatcher Demko. He was supposed to be out six mm. weeks. It's now been almost ten, and he's just starting to get back on the ice uh, with yeah. the team. But there's also a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, fires, a little bit of a little bit of rumors from not like not just some idiot on the internet who has a podcast. This is Sportsnet Elliot Friedman. And Farhan Lalji on the VanCast. Uh, I'll, I'm going to quote exactly what Farhan said. Um, I've heard from people that are close to, close to it that Demco doesn't want to be there. There's conversation in the background that Demko is, isn't enamored with the market, the scrutiny, the organization. Pick it. It's all of it.
1: Now, is that something more so to the not success of the team? Or is it truly what he feels?
0: I believe. Now, again, this is all. This isn't my reporting. This is people who are close. We have sources inside the team. Speak with the players on a on a daily basis, or monthly basis, weekly basis, whatever it is. To me, De- I think Demko is a great Goldie. Oh yes. I think we'd be absolutely insane to trade him away, unless he yep. wanted it. Like the and fact he- that. Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine's plan is to turn this team around in three years. <laughs> that's what they said there. Three years is a long time. That's what, that's what they said in the press conference.
1: Doesn't Benning um, say the
0: same thing? Yeah. Well, did any, the big thing is, okay, so we're, we're we'll get into that after. Um, No, we'll, we'll get into <laughs> that after. Yep. What would it take for you guys to be happy with a Demko trade? That's kind of what I want to, want to get at here.
1: You need a number one goalie back, easily. That's it. Like, no joke. Like he is he is a top ten goalie when healthy, in my personal opinion. Could be higher. Like he's I think of him as like a Connor Hellebuck of a few years ago where he was definitely like a player that everyone saw being really well he'd had really good games, Owings. but like the team was still developing around him unfortunately we can't say that about the Canucks but he's still like he can steal games like watching him develop from his years past it's like he definitely is a game stealer and when you have that it's really hard to find it and you'd never want to let it go but we are notoriously well known to be a goalie graveyard and so having hearing that from him doesn't surprise me whatsoever <laughs>
2: yeah the the thing that the thing that worries me is about Demko. is the more i watch spencer martin Connor delio play and the know that i fact that we traded away um our other ahl goalie at the beginning of this year to boston makes oh. me <laughs> makes me concerned about our goalie future now you're not going to trade a number one for a number one i like like you're not, you're just not going to like as, yeah. as much as I would like to. Like, you're not going to trade that Dem, thatcher Demko for, for a guy that's going to be a number one. The only situation something like that would come up is like a goalie goes down, they're done for the year, and they maybe they try and get Demko right. And to, to, but you're probably not going to trade that goalie unless he's going to become a UFA, and it's just like it's so unlikely. But I think you need to get more than what you got from Bo Horvat because there are. Like Bo Harvet, I, I love Bo. He's not a top five center in the league when he's when he's at his best. He's he's not, he's a mm-hmm. great penalty killer, he's one of the best face-off men in the league. Mm-hmm. But I can tell I can list five centermen right now that I would take over Bo. I when Demko is playing his best, he was a Vesna candidate, which means he's a top three goalie in the league. True. Um so you, you gotta get more than what you got for him. You need to get a guy who can slot into your roster. Like if, if you're trained Demko, you need a really high draft pick, maybe two. You need a a right handed defenseman. Like you basically need to check all of these boxes off. And like, I don't know, somebody who can kill penalties because um, it doesn't matter how good Demko is, when he comes back and he's healthy, if you have the 32nd ranked penalty kill in the lead and guys that just don't want to be on the penalty kill, you're, you're not going to kill penalties and you're not going to win games.
1: Again, with the worst penalty kill, like oh, just another year of this,
2: guys. We're gonna break a record though,
0: we're gonna have the worst penalty kill in the NHL since they kept track of it.
1: Oh, yeah, we're beautiful. What a a great record! Like, let's Um, just break all the records,
0: right? So, if we if okay, so we all know Ian Clark is the goaltender, goalie whisperer. I don't care, yeah, he is. If he says something, he's good, right? So, if he says You know what? Demko doesn't want to be here. He's not in the right mindset. Trade him. Archer, Archer has been our AHL goalie. Um, Thirty-three games played this year. Two point six zero goals against average. Nineteen or nineteen wins, nine losses, four. I assume overtime losses. Hmm. Uh, A save percentage of nine hundred one. Um. Just for reference, uh, the last full year De- uh, Demko played. Oh no, the yeah, the last full year Demko played in the AHL. Uh, he had a save percentage of 922 and 2.44 goals against average. Ian Clark says, "You know what, Arturs, it's it's your time." And we get a young, right shot, defensive defenseman, a defensive prospect. And a first round pick in 2023 unprotected from LA. Uh, mm, I know I don't I don't see LA ooh, LA might need it. I'm thinking Edmonton. Um I'm they, thinking
1: they're living I'm on thinking, Skinner though.
0: Going Skinner goes down.
1: Campbell. You paid him all the money. Inconsistent. Inconsistent. Okay, so
0: you get you get those three assets and you sure, get sure. Campbell Campbell back.
1: They'd have to eat some of his salary. <laughs> that's for sure. Like that's the kind of thing. Like that. That we don't have the cap space to accommodate that. But how sure. much is he?
0: Making, how much is he getting paid? Is he like getting five million much, for five
2: he? years. Five, like, five. Yeah. Five. Five. He has this. He signed the same contract that your did, but Demko yeah, signed so it, it, it a year be, earlier. Yeah. So we, yeah, wouldn't, five, be, five. Uh, way, we
0: wouldn't be. Either way, not be out well, any money.
1: But this is so. This is the crazy thing. You say something like that. Why send it to Edmonton? Because then you're gonna have to face him for the next however many years. It's like you don't want to trade with because I.
2: So because I think we really like we really like going to Alberta to face her old goalies
1: though that's oh that's kind of well bizarre. that, that I think would be matter oh good lord just <laughs> I mean Florida used to be Albert the retirement best. home
0: yeah then then L A did for a little bit and now apparently yeah. uh, Alberta is so. um
1: but either way, any, to I any just team, think, I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah. they, like, as as DJ was saying, like, you need to get, like, a plethora of assets because he is worth more. Because this is the other thing, like, it's especially with the NFL, but it's showing up in the NHL. Like, prospects are crapshoots. Draft picks are gambles. When you have a sure thing, he's worth the king's ransom. And. Damco is a sure thing like he is a top notch as DJ was saying like business quality goalie top five top three in the league when he's healthy and on his game like you cannot give that away like Bo is definitely having a career year and I understand if the market wasn't like the best to get him for what he's worth. But, again, having, like, your leader gone is, a is like, the intangible that kind of sucked that only in Vancouver would you really notice that. But for Demco, it has to be, like, as you say, it has to check all the boxes. It has to be basically your wish list of a retool. Like, as you say, right-handed defenseman, some sort of power play or penalty kill specialist, some assets to go, and a draft pick. And then maybe more. Because why would you not get as much as you could for one of the better goalies in the league? So, oh just, it hurts me to sit, think about it and talk about it. Cause I've, lo- yeah. I've watching him like develop into what he is. It was like the Schneider Luongo days where it's like, we had two amazing goalies, which one do we keep? And then it's just like, we burned that into half. Like, oh my God. But did
0: we, because I mean, we got rid of Schneider at an all-time high. We turned Schneider into Bo Horvat, who we just turned into, uh, but we don't know yet uh, at to.
1: Brilliant. I don't know, is
0: it Atu-Ratu or is it Atu-Rati? Because I keep getting multiple people saying different things.
1: I want to say it's pronounced Ratu, but I... I thought it was say, pronounced Ratu. It, it so, look, yeah. It looks like Rati, like, but it's Ratu.
2: They call him so, the rat, I saw, so...
0: That's amazing. Um, but if you look at like that trade tree, which I'm pretty sure stems from uh, the original Luongo trade, all yeah. pieces are still involved with i could be wrong on that but i'm pretty sure it does um or it's either that one i can't, i watched them a lot of them from steve dangle it's either the original luongo trade or the daniel and henrik draft trade yeah that uh it's still a part of but we turned schneider into a number nine pick overall
2: mm-hmm. Something yeah nine like overall. Yeah.
0: and then we then we traded that pick that pick which turned into Bo Horvat who's a hell of a player we got six seasons out of and mm-hmm. then we turned that player into another first round pick uh, a middling I would say a middling to a top end prospect and uh, a capped up let's be honest that's what yeah, is. yeah. Um mm-hmm. I think they sold high on Schneider I think I'm the only one who one of the very few people who sees who, who views it that way because
2: where he went as soon as he left Ian Clark what happened
1: Yes, and that's the only way you can look at it, right? I
2: I also, I watched a documentary, um, I think it was around the Hockey Hall of Fame, or I was listening to a story or something, it was around the Hockey Hall of Fame this past year when the Sadines and Luongo were were going in, and and they were talking about it, and they were saying that uh, Schneider had, like, Schneider had kind of become the number one goalie that year. Before he got traded, and then he missed the end of the year because he had a hip injury, and they were really, really scared about that hip injury, and that's why when they got the offer for that trade, they were like, "Yeah, we got to take this." Like we, like, so I know Luongo's angry, but like I, I, they were so scared of Schneider moving forward that they had to get rid of him, and it turned out was to be the a good right call. time. So
0: I didn't realize yeah. Lou Lamorello, who now has Bo Horvat, made the trade. They came to Vancouver with the trade. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Well, he needed a top-notch goalie. They
2: they were they were kind of throwing everybody out there, and then Schneider. Somebody bit on Schneider, and like, they were like, oh.
0: "Interesting." Let's get of here. So. Well. Well, I think that kind of does it for the Canucks talk of this show. So well, I have a moment right now, again, if you are watching, uh, I love you and appreciate you. Please do leave a like, a comment. Um, If you're listening to this recorded, um, I still appreciate you just as much. Uh, Review, like, share with your friends. If you are a Canucks fan and your friends are Canucks fans, if they're not Canucks or BC Lions fans, don't bother. They're not going to get much out of this. (laughs) Um, Unless they like me and then they might get something out of it. Um, That beautiful hair. But there has been... There has been some beautiful movement in uh, the beautiful summer game with the BC lions. Um, We, the BC lions extended Vernon Adams, Jr. For one year extra. So he will, he he will be for all intents and purposes, our number one starting quarterback uh, for this year and next year. So his contract will end at the end of the 2024 season. Um, Butler has left. He is signed in Hamilton, which is, I think, going to be a problem because I don't think we have a running back to fill that hole. However, just t- yesterday, I uh, uh, was reading, uh, the BC Lions traded a linebacker named Jordan Williams to Toronto in exchange for the first-round pick. Now, we had re- previously last week talked about how there was no first-round pick for the BC Lions. There are some running back prospects in that, in that seven to 10 spot that the Lions are going to be picking in, they're going to be picking at ninth um, mm-hmm. overall. Um, with all this information, with Bo Burnham, why do I keep saying Bo Burnham? Brian <laughs> Burnham, he's yeah. not a comedian, he is a football player. Brian Burnham uh, retiring. We still have a gluttony of talent at wide receiver. We have a quarterback who, if can live up to the potential that he has shown, should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. What do you expect out of the BC Lions?
1: Honestly, after last year, I I hate to say it, they've definitely outperformed expectations for me personally. A lot of that had to do with Nathan Rourke, but. Like as he went down, like the team was trying to find an identity without him. And yeah, they struggled here and there, but they still got some wins. They still toughed it out. They made it into the playoffs. And like they were one of those teams that you knew that if they like could put it together at the end with like the change to quarterback, that they would be kind of a little bit scary, maybe a dark horse. And yeah, it didn't pan out that way because god winnipeg was such a beast last year and they have been for years past that it's just it's hard to see them fall off but like i would love to see them to be at least in the playoff hunt at the like at the very least like just to be a contending team that competes because if not it's like yeah going back to the dark days and the dark ages of kind of like we haven't done much in a while so
2: yeah that's that's kind of where i am looking at the team right now now Let's see if they draft, who they draft, or or if they're able to find another running back. I'm not going to pretend to to sit here and be the most up-to-date on the CFL prospect pool and what running backs are going to be available in, in free agency. Um, so that being said, I, I, I think when you have somebody like Nathan Rourke, who had an MVP season while missing a handful of games, which doesn't happen very often normally if you miss that many games in, in such a short season like the CFL like you can miss six games in the NHL and still win MVP you you can't miss six games in the CFL or in the NFL and win MVP It just like it doesn't happen so mm-hmm. is Vernon Adams going to be able to do what Nathan Rourke did probably not Nathan Roark or Vernon Adams all-star 2019 kind of his best year um kind of hit and miss since then um but he had pretty good numbers once he came to the Lions, so hopefully a little bit more time with practice squad one in training, and, and maybe he can get some more routine down. Uh, both both were good with their legs, looking it up. Uh, Nathan Rourke had way more yards. Uh, he ran the ball 39 times this year, averaged 7.8 yards per carry, but Vernon Adams ran the ball 22 times for an average of 7.4 yards per carry. So... If he ran just as often, they would have been pretty close.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And and the big thing with Vernon Adams Jr., I believe um, him coming in and be, this being his team this year, I think he's going to have a different impact on it. It's not going to be a game plan or a team built around Nathan Rourke. Like we got, mm-hmm. as um, Lions fans know, we got extremely lucky with Nathan Rourke, oh, a guy yeah. who was backup for a couple years, I think, maybe two years. And then um, came when given the opportunity, took it and ran and is, and I will say this will be the greatest Canadian uh, quarterback in history. Um, Looking at his numbers, looking at the people that we, I would assume, and I did this with uh, the old man a few days ago. um, The people that I thought were Canadian quarterbacks are not. They're just Americans who played in the CFL. That was last week's podcast. So who? <laughs> that, that was last week's podcast.
1: Well, I, I missed that one. But who were who were some of the names you thought were Canadians? Anthony Calvillo.
0: Anthony Calvillo. Oh yeah.
1: Yep. Ricky was... Ray. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: I figured. Um, yeah. Trevor. No. Uh, who else? did I throw it. I can't remember. Another, I threw out another name.
2: There was one more name. I don't remember who it was, but but I, all I of remember them, all years. of them are American. Yeah. Like yeah. you have to go back to Warren Moon.
0: Yeah, quite literally. And when he went down, he was a lot older when he went to the NFL to play.
1: And that's part of his success. He was mature. He understood the game. It's like we say with Doug Flutie, like even though he was an American, like he made his hay in the CFL. It showed that he knew how to run an offense.
0: And then he took a team to the playoffs and they benched him. They took him to the show. He took him to the Super Bowl. And you know what they did? They benched him. Why? Who the fuck knows?
1: Because he's Doug Flutie and the Flutie Flakes were too much for them. (laughs) but the only thing is like i i like this is that the irony of all of this is i'm an actual jacksonville jaguars fan and i'm probably one of the uh, very few in canada uh but like for him to go to jacksonville he's gonna be behind trevor lawrence so he's not likely to get any starts without a significant injury however being behind like a talented uh was it quarterback there and like doug peterson has shown that he's starting to bring out the like the actual talent and skill that everyone thought that he had which he does have it's just don't get me started on the urban meyer era because that was a a tire fire <laughs> from the moment they hired him and i knew it um but like with doug peterson he might be able to learn something in the like in the nfl he might advance his skills even more and then when he comes if if he comes back again like we're assuming he comes back and i really hope he does but if he stays there power to him because that's the better league to be in for money and whatnot and just yeah. clout but if he ever comes back i i'm not gonna lie i I wouldn't be surprised if your prediction comes true he becoming the yeah. b- greatest canadian quarterback
0: cool. And not just that, but okay, he goes down to Jacksonville. He learns for two years. And the team needs a 1B quarterback. Someone who has a bit of NFL experience, but isn't going to cost him a a first-round pick or a a big-name player. Well, you've you've got this guy. He comes in and has a potential, like he did with BC, just to take over the show. Um, which I think would be a lot of fun. And uh, just so you know, Cam, I am uh, officially now a Jacksonville Jaguars fan.
1: I have another, yes!
2: <laughs> there are now three.
1: Yes, three. we're multiplying
2: slowly but surely. Not um, me. I'm not the third one, but I've no. heard uh, Nathan Nathan Roark's brother was a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Yes. So he was nice. three of you. Beautiful. There's
0: a whopping three of us for two reasons. One, because Nathan Roark is there and I, I want to follow his career. Uh, but to the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, do you know their names?
1: Shad Khan? And Tony Shad Khan, Khan, you mean?
0: Yes, and Tony Khan runs a wrestling e- promotion. C- and I am E-C-W. a huge wrestling fan. No, he does not run ECW. He runs AEW.
1: AEW, pardon me.
0: ECW, sorry. you went back into your 90s. That you, you teleported back 30 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Um, Childhood right there. Uh,
0: yeah, so he runs AEW. Um, so another reason to...
1: And honestly, the biggest thing, like, I've been a Jags fan since, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. I feel sorry for you. Oh, I'm (laughs) sorry. Like, this is not the time to lament all those years of up and downs, mostly (laughs) downs.
0: To be fair, you're you're a Canucks fan, you're a BC sports fan. It makes sense. Oh, yeah. I it's just a trauma bond with our teams. Glutton's
1: yeah. for punishment, 100%. My dad always laughed at me because he's a big Seahawks fan. He's like, why did you pick them? And I have my reasons. I don't need to explain them now. Maybe one day, hey, if I'm ever back, you know, I'll, I'll uh, fill that in.
0: I'm going to but- make a note to make sure I push to find out an answer on that.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, But like, he's like the first minority owner in the league. And like, that was a big deal at the time. And like, I'm not going to lie, being a fan of the team, he's definitely like an owner that cares a lot about his players. Like with all of like the Kaepernick kneeling and stuff like that, like back in the day, like he was an owner that was like, I'm with my players. Like, this is a big deal. Like he's not, I, I have lots of opinions on how the owners of the NFL run the league. Uh, and I, I'm not very happy with the way that they propose themselves, especially certain ones, uh, in particular, but like, he was definitely one that like loved the, like his teammates, his players, they're not employees to him. They're like his family. Like he treats them very well. A lot of the players speak nothing but the highest amount for Shad Khan. And I, I'm not gonna like the mustache, the twirling, uh, villain oh. mustache <laughs> also sells me on it and it's perfect. And it just, he's a very well-spoken man too. So it's like just hearing the way that he cares about about his players and his team i love that nathan went to an organization like that that is definitely on the turn is becoming a a team that could make moves and make headway especially i'm not gonna lie they should have beat the goddamn chiefs they should have been against i wanted to see burrow versus lawrence lsu versus clemson rematch like that would have been a beautiful thing to see and kudos to god damn uh good old mahomes because like I've, i'm not gonna lie like I've, I've seen enough of mahomes it's like brady all over again i've seen i saw enough of brady as a jags fan for so many years and all power to mahomes and the chiefs but I've, i'm starting to get to see enough of mahomes so they they better make something and kind of slowly disappear but they might they probably won't so
2: fair yeah it's it's actually really nice to see like you said Nathan Rourke going down there and, and all that stuff about the owner too. Um and and you can tell it passes down like there's the there's the clip that went viral after they lost to the Chiefs of Trevor Lawrence standing in the tunnel and he's greeting every single James player that walks by him. Oh, yeah. And and giving them bumps and stuff, right? Like that's that's the type of guy when you're someone like Nathan Rourke that you want to play behind because you know if Trevor Lawrence ever goes down or he's not feeling it or whatever like He's gonna be behind Nathan Rourke 100. percent He's not like I I I know like this guy's got to be competitive to make it in in the NFL to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But you know he's he's not competitive to the point where he's gonna be like hoping Rourke does bad so we can get back in there and, yeah. and ready to go. So it'll be it'll be good. I, hopefully hopefully we get to see him at least get a few snaps in this year. Oh, I, even just preseason. I would love to see him yeah. just get even uh, half a preseason yeah, and he, game. And and he will.
0: Um, hopefully, um, and, well, while we're and just
1: to, the- i are just going to step in, like, especially if it's in the preseason, if he gets any first team snaps, they might have some good receivers that would be comparable to the BC offense huh. where like he has some even good, the, like root runners and even whatnot. the second so-
0: team, even the second team in the NFL has probably got better or on par receivers with the sure.
1: Very true. But at the same time, like being in such a high flying offensive attack, the Jags look to have something to that next year. So with Calvin Ridley, hopefully becoming like unsuspended and joining the team, uh, like he might have a chance to actually learn with some very talented players, as you were saying, DJ behind a very talented quarterback that could very much help him develop. And that's, very exciting, whether it being a Lions fan or just a Canadian QB fan. That seems to be – now that more and more I think of it, I'm very excited for that.
0: While we're talking about, you know, quarterbacks, uh, the GOAT of quarterbacks, <sighs> I don't like him. I, uh, I hate him because he was never on any team that I liked. Um, Tom Brady announced his retirement for a second time. <laughs> Does this Do stick have- this time? Yeah, that's the question I was going to ask to you guys. I don't think it is. I think, I think he it retires. Does. I think it gets into the first two weeks of the season, and I think he's back on a team. I think a quarterback so, goes down, and someone goes out and offers him way too much money.
1: Conspiracy theory: They're not allowed to talk to him before March fifteenth if he was signed. And that member, uh, if you guys know that uh, the dolphins got penalized their first round pick this year for the tampering. So him yeah. retiring, I don't know. Like I, again, this is just a personal conspiracy. Does he do this to be able to talk to teams early, to be able to find out where he wants to go next? Cause a lot of people are speculating him going to San Francisco, his hometown favorite yeah. team. Like the, the big thing I've always loved hearing is he was in the crowd during that Dallas Clark uh, or not Dallas Clark, uh, the end of the Montana, in the back of the end zone touchdown. Oh, I can't even remember his name again. It's not Dallas Clark. Dwight Clark? No. Uh, famous NFL tight end. Anybody help me out here? I'm not sure. Uh, we're looking yeah, I'm going to have to look that
0: up. Are not. Uh... good with names, I don't think.
1: And it's sad. I feel really bad because he's just passed away due to ALS. Or, again, I say that. But either way, he's passed away recently. He's definitely – like, he was in the crowd for, like, a very famous San Francisco versus Dallas touchdown. And so, like, him being a big 49ers fan, love to see him come back. But as much as I've hated Tom Brady when he was a – a new england patriot for all those years he crushed any peyton manning dreams because i loved peyton manning because the sheriff i'm not gonna lie for years i've loved the sheriff seeing him on snl if you ever remember that skit of him teaching the united way kids and like throwing (laughs) kids at. if jake if you haven't seen it you need to look it up on youtube just him like i'm gonna send it to you it's the most hilarious thing it's like manning being like the worst coach in the world but Mm. it's just his Like you can tell, his comedic timing, especially with the Manny cast, amazing popular player, and seeing not him, basically, never seeing him win the three, four, five Super Bowls he could have because of Tom Brady. Or because of the teams that he was against, like, always made me sad. But I cannot deny, like, years – having him removed from New England, he cannot deny his, like, his success. Oh. Like, the moment he goes to, like, Tampa and they win, it's like – and New England has floundered since. It's like it shows – the Bilicek yeah. is keeping them, like – he's keeping them alive. Like new England is nothing without Brady, but he's still keeping them good. But Brady can go to any team and just turn it around. It's like, you can't deny his like talent, his leadership, like the, like you love to do it. The let's F and go like thing. Like who wouldn't want to get behind a guy like that? And just, yeah. if, if he goes to the booth, which he's signed to do, like I could see him being, Like a Tony Romo, very charismatic, very well spoken, breakdown plays. Like, he's just that intelligent and like that successful. Like, why wouldn't you want him to be contributing to the game, right? So, whether he's in it or not, he will always be a part of like this. Well, because if he's, if he
0: doesn't play, I believe he has a standing contract with Fox. Yeah.
1: Um, No matter what.
2: Yeah. That's going to pay him way more than he'll make playing football again. Yeah.
1: Well, they also said the speculation for him coming back this year was because of his divorce. It's like he didn't want to give her any of the money. So if he played another year, the divorce would be finalized, and now he gets the contract and doesn't have to give her anything. So I think that was another that's against a, that's speculation. A smart,
0: that's, a, that's a smart – That's a that's business a move. That's a dude. money move.
2: That's a, that that's a, a business money. decision.
1: Yeah.
0: Speaking right? of business decisions, millions of dollars will be spent this weekend. On the Super Bowl in beautiful – Sunny Phoenix. I don't think it's actually in Phoenix proper. I believe it's in Scottsdale.
2: Um, Yeah, yeah. I believe so.
0: But, uh, you know, Americans have one big city and a million other cities around it. And they all combine. It's confusing and I don't like it.
2: You mean like Vancouver?
0: Yeah, I don't like it. (laughs) I hate it. That's why I'm in Calgary. We've got at least a little bit of space between places. There's room to breathe, damn it. We've got a lot of space in this country. But moving on. Uh, super Bowl predictions, boys. We have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Philadelphia Eagles mean, what should I, be a uh, super fucking fun game.
2: Should be. I I I know Tam said he's seen enough of Mahomes, but I gotta think that at the end of this game, you're gonna be seeing Mahomes lift another Lombardi Trophy. I I just maybe it's just I gotta. I'll be honest with you. I got like a. I got a thing with Philly sports teams. I don't know what it is, but I <laughs> like to see them lose. So I'm uh I'm gonna be pretty happy if I can see uh the Chiefs lifting a trophy up at the end of this this Sunday, and I think they got the team to do it.
1: Fair. Uh I so this is the best part about like I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Mahomes is gonna do it, however. I have been watching a lot of coverage of the NFL, like not in this past week, but weeks past. So the the first week after the championship games, they were saying like, this has happened before where you have a superstar quarterback versus the number one pass defense in the league. The last four times it's happened, the pass defense has won. So it's very much, I, I'm not going to lie. I would love to see Philly win it again, because part of it is just to see the Jalen Hurts ascension because of the fact that like, they're not going to win based off defense alone. Their offense has to like show up. They have literally three running backs who all could be like amazing running backs in different situations. And they're all really good. Jalen Hurts adds to that. Uh, they have AJ Brown and, uh, what was it? The other young receiver on the outside. Like they have both of them to be able to like go vertically. And I see them kind of basically taking over the game with defense so they're as long as their offense can score but at the end of the day like everyone had been talking for kansas city like frank clark hadn't shown up in a playoff game like he'd never gotten a sack in his career and he's a very decorated nfl pass rusher and last week he got two or three so it's it's like amazing to see him potentially become a game wrecker because in that end, he could literally turn this on its head and we just get a defensive matchup that that becomes back and forth. Like just the offense can't really do much. And then they maybe can break a, like a big play here or there, which is going to be very boring to see for the fans. But at the same time, it could be the other way where it's like the defenses do their best. And both of these quarterbacks can just dink and dunk and pick teams apart. So I'm assuming it's going to be a low scoring match that Philly wins. But if it's not, and uh, Kansas City can run away with it, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm honestly picking Philly just simply because I think defense is going to win championship. G- defense wins championship. That's the everstanding, uh, like the philosophy. And I think that that is going to hold Pat this time.
0: That is totally fair. I uh, am under the belief that the only way the Eagles can win is they have to stop Kelsey. They have oh, to yeah. stop them. They have to shut them mm-hmm. down. Triple if they teaming. give... They, if uh, you can't do that because there are other threats on this <laughs> yes but, yes um, but they might have to yeah, yeah. it's i ha- i need to i i think my uh my friends down in philadelphia and area would might fly up here and beat me up if i vote against them now because i vote i have chosen them and they're the only team multiple weeks where i had multiple selections where they won So I'm going
2: Eagles. I'm going uh, Eagles fly, baby.
1: Fly Eagles fly.
2: Just don't tell them where I live because I think they're already trying to put tickets to (laughs) to my place. So so.
0: (laughs) the over under for this game is at 50.5 points, which Mm. I think is very
1: that's generous,
0: very high. Like, yeah.
1: I see this being like a 21, like 17 kind of game, like very low scoring. If they, if anybody does score a touchdown, it's going to be on a bomb or like a missed tackle or something like that. Like a big play. Yeah.
2: I'm always, I I would take the the under under. on that
1: every time. I'm
0: taking the under every time with that, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, I want to thank you guys for coming on. We have our predictions for the Super Bowl next week. Hopefully the old man will be back. I don't know where he's at today, but uh, hopefully he'll be back and we can have arguments about what the Canucks are doing, um, seeing as they just won tonight. What? What? Six, we won a game? What? 6-5. PD scored two goals. Brock Besser scored a goal. Nils Oman scored a goal. Uh, wow. OEL scored a goal before we even got on uh, online. That's And right. one. Anthony Beauvillier scored a goal against his former team. Oh, so is both- that his first as a Canuck? That is his first as yeah. a Canuck. Mm. Both, both former uh, uh, players scored on the opposing goalies. So all is fair in the world. Um, we got two points out of a game, and I don't know how that's possible, but um, I... it is what it is. So is. We're really uh,
1: taking thank, hard. We're taking so hard. Over, so hard.
0: dream
2: is over, unfortunately.
0: But again, thank you guys for joining. I will see you guys uh, later. Uh, everyone watching, listening, thank you so much. Please, again, like, subscribe. Uh, do whatever you like. Yeah, comment Share. on us well, on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, the only thing we're basically not on is Instagram and TikTok because that shit's confusing. Um, but uh, I love you guys and I will see you next Thursday.
1: Thank you for having us. Good night. Thanks
2: for having us.
0: Goodbye.